Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 12th official Kessel Run Comics podcast. This is your host, Macadelic, and co-host, Skelly Boy. And we're back, as always, bringing you all some charm entertainment. We've got our regular top five, as well as some news and spec, coming up soon. Let's just jump straight into our top five, though. For number five on our list, we have... Ooh, boy. We got a banger coming in at number five. With Bang, number one. It's a Dark Horse Comics comic book. And this is something that we've had ash cans coming out. We had previews in a couple other books that we've had on the podcast before. And so we kind of knew it. And if you've read any of the previews or the ash cans, you really got about, you know, uh, the first good bit of the story. And, you know, even Keanu Reeves has talked about this book. It's on the cover, what he said about it. And it's it was a good read. If you like spy stuff, I would definitely pick it up. 10 out of 10. And the story's intriguing. And one thing that I did like about it is it kind of toys with um, the psychological aspect on like a different level. Because the spy is almost immortal, but he doesn't know it. And it just really shows like the kind of, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you might like it. Yeah. Like it's some stuff I could really see a conspiracy theorist or a spy not getting into. Maybe that's why Keanu Reeves likes it because he always plays kind of like the spy, like agent, you know, type yeah. roles in movies. Yeah, that could be why he liked it so much. But I I liked it. The main character is interesting. I, I was really confused for the first couple pages. Because you from the cover, the main character is African American. But then you get into the first couple pages and like he's nowhere to be seen. And so that kind of threw me for a doozy. I thought that was an interesting twist. And the whole organization that he works for and that he's trying to fight are really interesting takes on like a major spy corporation or spy agency versus a evil you know organization is it called mix because i noticed multiple times that it's m-i like dash x whenever i was reading it i was pronouncing it to myself m-i-x got you it's almost like it's dot 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 like you know kind of abbreviate it's an abbreviation for yeah, something i wasn't pronouncing it mix or i might have said like my x yeah but i wasn't saying mix because of the dash there Right. But, I mean, that might be how they want it to be pronounced. It could be, you know, they could want it to be mixed. And the whole the whole fact that the evil organization is writing stories about the main character is crazy. Yeah, that is a cool twist. Um, anything that Matt Kent, I'm assuming that I'm saying that right, or Kent, I don't know how you do a DT together, other than just almost repeating the same sound. But, uh... Matt's written other stuff that people really like, like MGMT. I had a subscriber earlier this week who just went into full disclosure about how awesome MGMT was, and he didn't name off anything else, but, I mean, we got, when we first opened up shop, uh, Marvel, DC, and uh, Image have basically this initiative that you get lumped into as a new comic book shop and they send you a bunch of free trade paperbacks and just really cool content and one of the trades that we got was an mgmt trade i still haven't read it still haven't even you know really looked at it all that much other than the front cover but looks really cool and this book altogether i didn't unfortunately get to it as far as the specific reading goes but i did flip through it and i read multiple little word bubbles and like you said you know, the beginning of that whole 
like the main character's not actually on the first four, five pages. That was kind of confusing. But, I mean, the whole last half of the book has got him in it. And like you brought up about ash cans, I still have two ash cans for this book. Right now, ash cans are going between like 20 and $30, according to Key Collector and eBay. Hmm. Yeah. Are you ready to slap a rating on this? Yeah, I'll slap a rating on it. So, for me, I'm going to have to just give it a three. Okay. You know, it's above halfway for me because I do enjoy spies. But when I like spy stuff, I grew up watching all the spy movies. I've seen probably all the James Bonds growing up. My dad's a huge spy nut. My dad loves everything, honestly. (laughs) But I've seen, like, most of the most spy movies you can think of. And I'm more of a fan of the comedic spy. Something like, I told you, like, Archer. Right. Like, I love Archer. I've watched almost every season of the show, except for, like, the last three, because I just quit binging it at that point. Mm-hmm. Because something else caught my eye. And, you know, I love that kind of stuff. And Austin Powers. I also love Austin Powers. I like, just, just comedic <laughs> spy is so much better to me than action spy. I don't know why, but I feel like a spy has that kind of freedom that he can be funny and still do his job. You know, like, that's just part of charisma, which is important in being a spy. Definitely. Since I didn't get to read through this exact book, I feel like it would be unfair for me to really grade it, but or, you know, give it a rating, but I'm going to anyway. I'm not. I'm the other side of the coin. I'm not, I've never really been big on spies, but I can see where this is kind of like you were saying with Archer. It's, it's comedic spy action. So I actually will post podcast give this a full read through and give you my opinion on it and maybe even post a review on kessel run comics instagram but as we're sitting right now i'm going to give it mostly based on anticipation but also from what i saw in the comic i'm going to sit out of two Hmm. all right for number four on our list we have guardians of the galaxy number two Obviously a Marvel title. We reviewed the first one on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, maybe up through four weeks ago, because, you know, the something like Guardians only comes out once a month. But this second issue was crazy. The ending is just kind of... I'm not going to say mind-blowing, because I feel like that word is used too often. Um, ultimately, it was very surprising, though, with the decisions that were made by the leader of our Guardians team and yeah. the future of our future Guardians team is up in the air. Well, you see who it is in the on the last page. Oh, yeah. Because you get to see the cover, but when you're reading it the first time, it does it's kind of tossed in the air. At first, you wonder who it's going to be. Unless you're the kind of person that looks through previews and stuff because then you kind of get an idea. Right. But if you're just like picking up this book and just reading it specifically, it's going to be in the air. And I thought it was really interesting. And I feel like this book did a really good job of portraying Star-Lord has more than just the funny one. You know? Fact. Because he always is like comedic in everything he does. And in this one, he didn't have any moment where he just made you laugh. Right. You know? it was He was always serious and trying to do his best to save the day. Yeah. And that's I, something you don't see a lot of Star-Lord. I only think the, you know, like you were saying, it's kind of uncharacteristic for him not to be a little comedic. Um, I think the only reason that he wasn't here is because he knew he was literally dealing with gods. You know, normally he's, even though he deals well, he's, with... He's part of a planet. Like, he's half planet. He doesn't fear gods. Right. 
But yeah. he just knew that if the gods were there to like ruin everything. Oh yeah. I feel like it wasn't the fact that he was scared of the gods, but that he was scared of what they would do to the people he loved. Right. More so than oh, he's scared of gods because he's Star Lord. He doesn't have a reason to be scared of them. His dad's ego. I agree. I'm ready to go. I don't want to talk too much about this, like in detail. I mean, we can talk about that killer scene where uh, he basically shot one of the gods with the elemental gun and just like yeah, encased her in diamond. Yeah, he froze Artemis in a case of diamond. That was a really cool part. Moon Dragon and um, Captain Marvel, their interaction in this was great. Yeah. And what Captain Marvel decides to do for Nova. Like, that really showed her heroism. This book was full of heroism. It was. Everyone was just pulling heroism cards. It was like Uno. And they were like... <laughs> they were Reverse. Just, yeah. Reverse. Reverse. Yeah, it was just... Like, every page, like, you would flip it, and every little conflict that was going on had a hero yes. in it. And it... I'm just... One thing I'm really upset about is we didn't get to see... um. What's the kid's name? Kid Marvel? Uh, yeah. Or, uh, no, uh, Marvel Boy. Yeah. We didn't get to see Marvel Boy's powers at all in either of these issues. Yeah. And I'm ready to see that psychedelic saliva, bro. Yeah, they really hyped up his powers in the first one. Like, oh, yeah, I can make my own uh, gravitational force around me and stuff like that. And all Nuts. he's done is just been there. I feel like he's going to come in really clutch, though. Like, there's going to be one of these issues. You know, maybe it's three. Maybe it's five. Maybe it's ten. Well, but he's not on the team. But that does that mean he won't pop up in the book, though? It doesn't, but oh well. We'll have to see. All right, I'm ready to slappy this rating. This one, I'm going to have to give a three and a half. I'll sit right there with you. Because it was a solid book. Yeah. Like, it was, there was heroism. And I even, you know, I told you, like, this, like, of all these books, this is one you have to read. Like, you have to understand what's going on with this one. Because this is something that I could see, you know, just the selling point on it. You could get some people on this one. I really thought uh, another thing to mention that's interesting about this book in particular and this Guardian's title overall is my dad dropped the, you know, I'm the comic shop owner. My dad's just the comic enthusiast. But he dropped the knowledge on me that this Guardians of the Galaxy run, Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy run, was starting with a two-issue run or a two-issue arc. Yeah. So, yeah, and and he's completely right because at the end of this book, you know, it's definitely got to birth a new story out of this. Yeah, and it's going to. It has to at this point, and I, I'll probably pick up three and read it. It might be on the list then. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm more in. I I could do without uh, some. This is unpopular opinion. We were talking about this before we started recording. Unpopular opinions. <laughs> but I think I could do without Rocket Raccoon. I, th- I think I'm going to like the Jackrabbit. You think so? I think I'm really going to like the rabbit over the raccoon. I think he's in one of the books I've co-signed here. Ooh. The Marvel Zombies? Yeah. I think he's in that. That'd be crazy. There is a rabbit character, and I don't know if it's the same one. Yeah. But there is a rabbit character that uses guns and stuff. And huh. You may have to read it. Yeah, I might have Oh, wait, to. or is it... Oh, no, I know who I'm thinking about. I'm not even going to say who it is. <laughs> it's Howard the Duck is in that. Oh, a duck. I was like, animal character? Some people love the duck, though, man. man I, I've Howard never the duck been... the man. Well, I've never been cultured on the I duck. I bought that book. I bought that whole series just because it had Howard the Duck in it. I didn't care about any other character. Uh, I bought it, read it all on the way back from the beach, and then I co-signed it here. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, as we sat at equally at three and a half stars out of five on that 
number four on our list with Guardians 2. Jacob, what we got for number three? Number three, we have something that I loved. I did not expect to love. I'm hopping on the DC train here recently. I'm realizing like I'm all for Doom on Marvel, but DC is winning me over. And for number three, we have Deceased Unkillables, which is about the villains and what they were doing during the whole Deceased epidemic. What's it called? The Afterlife virus or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think it is Afterlife. Or no, it's Anti-Life. Yeah, Anti-Life virus. It shows what they were doing. And it starts off strong with Deathstroke. And we even got some Deathstroke daughter action. We haven't even got to see the rest. Of, well, we get to see the rest of the villains. But we haven't even seen what they do. In action. Yeah. This is really just focused on Deathstroke and trying to get to, isn't it Doc Savage? Yeah. Yeah, Doc Savage and the Mirror Manipulator. They get in touch with Deathstroke. But this has my second favorite villain. Well, my favorite Robin of all of them. It has Red Hood in it, too. The Jason Todd. And I love him. He's my favorite. And he's actually the hero in this. Which is really... That's a... that's a Change of pace. Something's really messed up when Jason Todd decides he's got to be the hero. Yeah, I think really he got slapped with coming back and playing the hero and being less of kind of his own person and whatnot because he saw what happened in the Batcave. Yeah, I feel like that would really like flip the switch in him. Like, oh no, now I have to put on now I have responsibilities. To yeah, he was like, oh great, Dad. Basically, but it was great. I loved it, and it's you know all these DC books are really making me want to go back and replay through the Arkham series because that's what really like all the knowledge I tell you about mm-hmm. when I we read these. And I'm like, oh yeah, this happened to so and so, and you're just like, what? <laughs> it's all because of those games. Yeah. Like, yeah. Deathstroke's daughter. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah, I didn't even know that she was an existing character. But then again, like, after you've got your main hero, like, for so long, I didn't even know about, uh, what is her name? Aunt Annie Parker, maybe? Whichever one ends up being Spider-Girl. Like, yeah. the one that's Peter Parker's daughter that has yeah. Spider-Power. I didn't know about her for probably the first... Well, she's like eight, eight. Yeah, she is. The like, first eight years of like her conception. You she's know? on the same tier as Spider Pig. Okay, like she's, basically, she's lame. Okay, yeah. she's literally meant just for kids. Yeah, let's not talk about some Marvel in the DC presence though, because Deathstroke is such a great character, and you know, even like he Matt, was going in from the first page, like yeah, just clapping, clapping neo Nazis. <laughs> Like, it was great. And this actually has one of my favorite minor characters from the Batman Arkham series. Who's that? Man-Bat. The Man-Bat. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, super minute in the series. Like, you literally just chase him down, and that's it. Yeah. But I still feel like he's an interesting character, because, like, he's literally the Man-Bat versus the Batman, you know? Yeah. But I thought that was neat, and I noticed him, like, immediately. You thought he was just a big creature. Yeah, I did, like, because he flew into the cockpit the cockpit of Deathstroke's, like, plane or the helicopter, helicopter. that he was flying. And so I, I just thought that was some kind of rabid beast, like, during yeah. this epidemic that was going on. But then you pointed out that, no, nah, that's Man-Bat. And then when I saw the genes, I was like, okay, like, that is Man-Bat. And one thing I will say about these DC books that, you know, we've been reading here recently... DC is doing such a good job of having, like, slight comedic undertones in their books. Like, so many of their characters are just, like, just a hint of sass with them mm-hmm. now. Right. Like, a mirror master or manipulator, whatever his name was. Yeah. Like, he was just, like, that slight bit of sass, you know? And I'm just, I'm really loving it. Yeah. 
So are you ready to slap a grade on it? I'm ready for the rating. You can give yours first. Oh, I'm probably going to sit at... I, I'm going to stay where we were with Guardians. I'm going to do a 3.5. Really? Yeah. I expected you to be a, bit, a little bit lower because I was going to sit there. Well, then I guess this time you're joining me at the 3.5 table instead of vice versa with the Guardians. I guess. Because I did love this book, but I like I really feel like number two could be a solid four mm-hmm. with this. Because we're getting a bunch of my favorite characters like Captain Freeze and um, Captain Cold. And uh, Bane and Solomon Grundy. The Solomon Grundy. And I love some Solomon Grundy action. I know you do. That's what I thought you were going to say earlier when you were like, we got one of my favorite minor characters, and I was like, oh, he's about to drop some Solomon Grundy, and then, like, you didn't. No, nah, we got to wait till issue two for me to go off on a Solomon Grundy being like, until he actually does something besides stand there and his description just be dead. Like, <laughs> Yeah. We got to see Solomon Grundy. Oh, and he wears a, uh, a, tree, a tree lobster shirt. Yeah. Which that was funny. That was like, pretty funny. See, there's so many funny things that happen, like just in the background of this book. It's great. But, Mac, let's move on to number two. All right, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite book this week, and the book that I literally, no BS, spent about an hour and 15 minutes, maybe an hour and 30 minutes reading, was the number two on our list Wolverine number one. This book is thebomb.com. It is double-sized, and it is also double the price at $7.99. And one thing that I was happy about that I knew when ordering the book, but I didn't remember as I was reading the book until I got a decent decent amount through it, was this is a parental advisory book. So as we all know, Wolverine... Is never, you know, quite good for the kids. You know, he he does his own thing, and he's always like kind of that that animal. He says it himself in this book, but this is exactly what I needed from like a Wolverine title. I needed to see this grit and like this level of intensity that we got in this read. Mm. See, I read through the first part of it, flipped through the second part, and you know, you talk about he's the animal. But at the same time, one of my favorite things about this book was it showed him playing hide and go seek with the kids. Mm-hmm. And it was like a very like big thing. Like it was two pages. Right. You know, if not four. Of him like if you're considering front and back. Right. Of him just playing with the kids, you know? And playing he playing hide and go seek with them and like trying to shrug it off like, Oh yeah, I'm teaching them wilderness survival. Well no, he's being Wolverine because he is the dad of the X Men. Whether like he wants to admit it or not, or if anyone else will. That's his role, and that's one thing I liked about it more than anything else. Yeah. In this, like, whole new iteration of, you know, Dawn of X is what this whole new Krakoa Foundation deal with the X-Men is, this go-around with the reboot. Um, Like you said, Wolverine is definitely, like, the dad of the X-Men. And in the Marvel movies that were X-Men-based, Xavier is an old man. You know, he's, like, Grandpa. Yeah. Of, but, you know, since he's basically kind of a middle-aged man, or at least that's what I'm assuming based on all the new material that I've read. Wolverine? No, uh, talking about how Xavier oh. is, like, middle-aged. Yeah. So he's not really that grandpa role, but if Wolverine is going to be the dad role, then, yeah. He's definitely still, even though he's young, he has to play the grandpa role. And I need some more Xavier. We got Magneto in this, and I was really happy with that. I can't wait till the king-size Magneto uh, book comes out, or the giant-size. That's what it is. Giant-size Magneto, number one, is going to drop 
in two weeks or three weeks, something like that, and I'm pumped for that. I can't imagine the solo story they're going to tell for that. You know the only character in the Dawn of X I want more, I want to see more of, and he probably ain't getting any appearances. Why is that? Just because Mr. Sinister is too savage. You can't do a giant-sized Mr. Sinister. That's too much. That man's old, old. They might not be able to do a giant-sized Mr. Sinister, but imagine if he was in giant-sized Magneto. Like, imagine if Magneto confronted him about doing some shady stuff, because the two of those are historically baddies. That's too shady. <laughs> that that just sounds like some spec. And remember the last time I, I voiced, like, something about spec? It ended up happening. Yeah. I mean, I could see it happen. Oof. But... That would be dangerous. Yeah. Well, if you don't have much more to say on this, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Well, I mean, it was a decent book. I liked the first half of it. The second half seemed interesting. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to read more of it just to see that character. Right. With the cross. Yeah, Luis. Yeah, I didn't get. I didn't even know her name. Like, because I was flipping through, reading the page here, reading the page there. And it, she seemed interesting. I think they're fighting vampires in the they second are. half of it. Like, that was just weird. That, was, that had nothing to do with the first yeah, half. Yeah, it did not. That's another thing that confused me. So, this book is double the size and double the price. I thought this was just going to be... And they do this fairly often with comic books. Is you know They'll give your number one issue twice as much... Or twice as many pages. So, you can get twice as much information. And, you know, ha- ultimately have twice as much enjoyment. Yeah. And that's what I thought this was going to be, because I didn't start flipping through it. I didn't want any spoilers for what was going to happen. I just started reading. I got halfway through the book, and it says to be continued. And then I'm like, okay, let me flip a couple pages and see what happens. I flipped a couple pages past some ads, and then it starts basically a whole nother story. And it does not pick up where the first story left off. And that second half of you know the book that was a separate story also has to be continued. So now it's making me think, is Wolverine issue 2 going to be double-sized? And this is just going to be a constant you know, flow of part 1, part 2 story, and it's going to be like that from here on out? It might be. I was more interested in part 2 just because of Omega Red being in it. Mm-hmm. And he's one of my favorite characters just because of Ultimate Marvel, Cap- Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Because yeah. he's in that. And I've always like mained him in that game. Yeah, has, he has to be on my team. He is a constant staple, and I just think he's a neat character. I don't know why I like the pale guys with the weird eyes. Apparently, because <laughs> I like him and Mister Sinister. But I don't know. I was like, ooh, and then he was like very minor character. Did you see the end of the? Like, did you see the end of the second part? I glanced at it. Okay, so you saw Omega Red, like what his doings. Mm-mm. Ooh, boy. Okay, for those of you who are like Jacob and like Omega Red and you also like Wolverine, this is an immediate pickup because Logan was on to something. You know, Omega Red is not just coming in peace. Like yeah, he, you he's know. Omega Red. He's not going to do that. Well, I mean... Like Wolverine said, he's the kind of person that would, like, treat a pregnancy ward as, like, a buffet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and when, I'm glad you brought that up because when I read that, like... My, I'm not a queasy type person, you know, I'm not sensitive to the stomach, so I didn't, you know, get sick off reading that, but I was just like, oh, I can visualize that, That was you no know? cap, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was something else. Like, you know how I always talk about, like, black man that's killing an infant was a big deal? Yeah. Like, Omega Red was like their one up. Yeah, basically. For, for that whole thing, like, that, like, 
those two characters were both introduced around the same time, and they were like the baddies to like one up each other on how bad can a baddie be. I think Omega Red takes the cake. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. He's and that's not chemicals. and that's not my impartialness to Marvel characters. That's just because I because personally Black Manta I like Black Manta because as we know my three top DC characters are Flash Green Arrow and Aquaman and Aquaman's probably the top of those three. But you see, a lot of people don't like Aquaman because he's just he hasn't really gotten the the right love. He's garbage. (sighs) Ah, trash. If they would bring in the right Aquaman, I would like him. Like the one with the hook hand. Oh yeah. Like the baddie. Yeah. That's what we need in cinematics. That would be a pretty killer Aquaman. Bring back in comics. Like just bring him back. See something me and Dad talk about regularly is how they do. They keep. They're almost more, and when I say they or there, I'm referencing like movie studios or casting departments. But they're so much more focused on getting an actor who maybe fits the part the best instead, and and that's probably what their job is to do yeah. is to find somebody who fits the best description and you know who, who screen tests the best. Yeah. But me and Dad have talked about how on. Flash, like the TV show on CW, like, you know, he, he's got brown hair. Like, dude's not like your typical, like, blonde boy Flash. Yeah. And neither was the Aquaman. The Aquaman's now like a Samoan dude. Like, and yeah. I'm cool with that because, like, I'm not prejudiced. Like, it doesn't bother me, but it's just not staying true to the comics. I mean, that doesn't bother me. I just wish they would portray, like, the cooler versions of the characters. You well, know? shoot, that Jason Momoa, if you're just wanting coolness, that was a badass Aquaman. Yeah, but it wasn't the one that I'm talking about with that the hand. That was kind of like, to be honest, it's funny that we've got Wolverine up here still at number two, but that Jason Momoa Aquaman was kind of Aquaman and Wolverine like spliced together. Because, you know, he was drinking like from the beginning to the end of that movie, and he's got dark hair and dark features like Wolverine does. I mean... Yeah, it that that was wild. It's still just not what I wanted. Yeah, oh, me neither. But, me neither. I'm not vouching for but it. But now that we've moved on, let's go ahead and give our ratings since we're talking about DC so we can get into our number one, which is also a DC. Yeah, crazy. We've got multiple DC. Like, we have just as many DC books on our top five as we do Marvel books this week. Yeah. Which has been a far cry yeah. since we started this podcast. Um. My rating, I'm going to say it out of four because I enjoyed both parts of this book. And I, I feel like, you know, if I had bought this book, I mean, technically I did just from Diamond, not from an LCS. But if I bought, if I went to an LCS and bought this book, money was well worth it. I'd give it a three. Okay. And I'm going to give it a three because I wasn't a big fan of the first one, the first half of it. If you would have now, if you would have said, "Oh, Omega Reds in the second half," and you can just read one of them, like I would have only read the second half, and that probably would have like tilted me up a little bit, just because it's dealing with vampires. It's got Omega Red in it. Like I probably would have been like, "Oh yeah, four, definitely." But I wasn't really in, like invested in the first half of it, so I'm gonna have to give it a three. And you know, I I was so close to telling you that you should read if you were going to read one or the other like part one or part two then you should read part two because i thought i didn't know how you felt about omega red but i thought just based on how actiony the second part was compared to the first part like the first part was almost kind of like a like a flashback and like 
catching you up and kind of setting the stage for like what's going on as far as that new pollen drug that they're using. We always talk about we like action more than dialogue. There were a couple pages with like over, I want to say like 16 panels of just dialogue, like individual squares, just like showing what the characters were doing, like having a conversation. And they were having just like one-liner after one-liner after one-liner, like... Marvel, if you want to do that, make it a TV show. Right. Like. I remember a full-page spread, and what I mean by that, you know, for those of you can't who can't visualize that, I mean, if you just open the book up to some certain point, there was just the two pages that you're looking at, and as Jacob said, they were broken up into nine panels. So imagine a tic-tac-toe board being drawn across, like, both pages, and yeah. it was just boom, 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 on both pages. So you had... 18 panels to like have to read on just one like splash page yeah it was ridiculous and it was literally just him and cutie pride having a conversation oh yes like that was the dumbest thing like that could have really been like a two maybe three panel conversation that they just stretched out for a whole page right and i get that it was supposed to be kind of like endearing because as you were saying earlier that wolverine is kind of like the dad of the x-men kitty pride has always kind of been like his unofficial daughter yeah like kitty is more his daughter, honestly, than X-23 is. Yeah, and I get that. I bring that up, like, more than you do. Right. And, like, our normal debates about Wolverine. But I just, like, that bothered me, considering how long it is. Like, how long the book is, that should have been taken into account. I agree. But now let's get on to number one, which is Batman number 89, which, you know, I'm, I'm getting more into Batman here recently. I don't know, really more to Harley Quinn. But I'm getting into Batman all of a sudden. I read about this book. I don't think this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I don't think this book needs any introduction for anyone because, geez, if this this has been the first official book with us almost, and when I say us, I mean Kessel Run Comics being open for ten months now. This is the first book that I've had multiple people either come in that are my regulars or walk-ins or just gotten straight up phone calls asking me how, like if I have copies for sale, if I've yeah. got them left. And I'll go ahead and let y'all know, this book did not I got 10 copies of it. Not a single one of those 10 copies even made the shelves. Yeah. Because I got three or four people on sub and then I had like a two or three people already call me and say they wanted two copies. Yeah. Like everyone that listens knows I'm a regular. Like I'm in here almost every day. Yes, sir. I have a sub box. Even I didn't get a copy because I was at work. <laughs> Basically, like, like that's just the fact of the matter. So I'm gonna have to buy one online because I didn't. I wasn't here. Like it's it sold out that quick. Yeah, I'm almost willing to bet. Like my what I still consider my LCS because LCS just stands for a local comic shop. Yeah. And since I live in Wilmington, like that's what I consider my residency. Uh, my LCS, I guarantee you, sold out today too or yesterday. You know, yeah. I mean. I know they get a bunch of, like, the two titles that I was advised by the comic shop owner there before I started this shop was always get a lot of copies of Batman and always get a lot of copies of Amazing Spider-Man because those make for back issues, you know? People are going to dig through Batman and dig through Spider-Man back issues. So, I mean, I thought 10 copies was enough. And up to this point, I always have, you know, at least four or five copies of both of those titles left. But this, like I said already, this Batman title has already sold out. So I will definitely be getting second printings. And I doubt people will really want that. But I'm going to get 10 full copies of the second printing. Yeah. 
but it's Batman 89. The first cameo appearance of, I can never remember her name, so what's her name, Mac? Well, first, his name is the the designer. Not him. The, what everyone's <sighs> buying the book? Punchline. Yeah, Punchline. I'm not a fan of her either yet. She just had a little cameo. But like Max said, Designer makes his first appearance in this book. And, you know... That's what I call a cameo, just so we're, just for the record. Yeah. Because there's a huge debate always with any title, any characters. You know, cameo versus for, first full appearance. Or, you know, for full appearance. To me, the Designer in this... Yeah, while it was just one page of his action, and you don't see him again, like in the book, you don't even see his action. Yeah, you just see him. Yeah, but it's you see him s- on the screen. Yeah, but you see him in full, like you see, you know, top of the head to the bottom of the feet, like you see his body, yeah. and he's there. So this, I would not even say is the first cameo designer. I'd say that's the first appearance, like not first full appearance, because yeah. I what I consider out of those three phrases, just first cameo. First appearance, first full appearance. If we're saying first appearance, that means that character is right there in the flesh. First cameo is exactly what Punchline was in this. We only got to see, like, her nose and her mouth. Yeah. That's it. That was a cameo. Now, if we're talking first full appearance, that means, like, this character previously did, like, with Punchline, she had a cameo in this. So we do need her first full appearance. But to me, this was not a cameo designer since we got to see him in full. It wasn't obstructed by a shadow or anything like that. Yeah, I don't think he had dialogue, maybe one bubble. But, hey, I mean, we got to see him in the flesh. So that is just first appearance of designer. Yeah, and I think Designer is going to be a cooler character than Punchline. I agree. Because she's just filling in the boots for Harley while she's doing her thing. Somebody said the other day online, well, specifically yesterday, they said, what if this whole Punchline thing is just like a huge ruse and like Harley Quinn by issue 92 or by issue 95, you know, something like that, just ends up blowing her brains out or like killing her because she gets pissed off that basically she's stolen Joker's heart. That'd be crazy. (laughs) But I don't see that happening. Boy, DC and more so, James Tenyon the Fourth would be playing the spec market. Like, yeah. y'all need to back up <laughs> off some trying to spec on every little thing. That's a big thing that's been bothering me since I've been a comic shop owner. Like, I love reading comics, and I love collecting comics. And I buy into the spec on some stuff. But, jeez, if... Com- if if there aren't more people who just buy comics to speculate and ultimately are flippers, and, and I'm against a flipper, man. Like that. That's why I am going to post somewhere here in the store that unless I know that you're strictly a serious collector and you are going to keep all your books, then I've I've got a two book max on anybody who's trying to buy more than one copy. You know, I'm not going to be selling between three and five or ten copies to anybody. Like, that's just crazy. I know exactly what you're up to. You're just going to go to eBay and Flippy for two or three times cover price or more. Dude, that's another thing. Let's talk about that. With this book. We haven't even talked about the book. I know we haven't <laughs> talked about the book, but this is, like, this made me irate. How about Ultimate Comics? And that's right. I'm calling them out. Ultimate Comics is a three-store chain here in North Carolina, but they are up in the Triangle, so in the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill area. For anybody who's not a subscriber with them, they started selling this book the day it came out. So yesterday, on Wednesday, on New Comic Book Day at $24.99. That's five times cover price. More than five. That's six times cover price. 
Because 4 times 6 is 24. That's crazy. That is crazy. Who does you know that? Something even crazier? What? This isn't showing up on eBay. What isn't? The, that book? Uh-uh. Well, maybe nobody's put it up yet. Maybe everybody is just collecting it. Yeah, because a bunch of action figures came up when I did Batman 89. Batman number 89 comic book? Let me put comic in and see what popped up. Because while you were talking about that, I was like, let me just double check and see what it's actually going for. Yeah, on and, eBay? Yeah. And, oh. Woo, yeah. $35.99. <laughs> this man is selling an error copy for $700. Somebody bought an error copy for $700. Confirmed today. Key Collector posted about it. It's this man. He has a collection of 10 of them, and one of them's an error. Uh. This is what that guy you were telling me about was going to do. Who? This is five cover A's and five cover B's. Oh, wow. That guy, this is the man that jugged him. Yeah, I, I hope he didn't lie to me. That would be kind of sideways, but I'm not going to call his name out because I, you know. Uh, right now, we've still got a good relationship, yeah. me and C26. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's great, you know, but I mean, these it's $500. Someone's got a 9.8 graded for 150 Huh? Let me see. Oh, boy. There's no way it's already graded. If it came out yesterday... There's literally, unless somebody, okay, you want to know literally the only way that somebody could already have a CGC 9.8 or just a graded one period because hmm. of the turnaround time is at least four weeks. And we got the shortest of that turn. It's like four to eight weeks. And our books, like our 30 book lot that we sent off in our first shipment yeah. came back at, uh, four, came back after four weeks. But you can do walk-ins if you live in Sarasota, Florida, where the CGC headquarters is. So you could have, in theory, gone to one of the LCSs right there in Sarasota and walked in. Yeah. Okay, this is a pre-order. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was like... Because mm, people do that all the time, is I, I, all for pre-orders. Like, I was just, like, scrolling through, and then I seen, like... I seen just... I seen the case. Right. And then when I clicked on it, it's blank at the top. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, they just photoshopped it. Yeah. Oh, boy, that had me worried. So, what do you think about this actual book? I thought it was great. You know, like I've been saying, I love the Arkham games with mm -hmm. Batman. And, we you know, when we're reading video game series, Arkham is in my top three. I've loved them since they came out. That's one of the few books that, like, has a child. When they came out, I was like, Mom, we're going to the store today. You know, like, no cap. I'm going to the store right now. You're off of work. We're going. <laughs> like, yeah. No questions asked. I'm getting the new one. I got a scoop. Yeah, and I would always, like, almost 100% them. The only thing I wouldn't do was get all the Riddler trophies because that just took too long and I was not about <laughs> that life. But every side mission, done. Every main story mission, done. I've played through Arkham City twice. You know, I just love them. I've done New Game Pluses on most of them for, most, for almost the whole story. And the reason I'm telling you all of this is because my favorite aspect is all the minor villains. I don't really care about the Joker in the games. Yeah. But the minor villains is to me what makes it. Yeah. Because seeing Batman's interaction on people that aren't his main protagonist is wonderful to me. Because he treats them with the same level of like dignity as he treats Joker. You right. know? Like someone who's just going to go around and murder random people. He treats them with the same dignity as Joker. Who Joker, he's liable to blow up a whole hospital. You know? Yeah. And he treats them all equally. And that's something that I've always thought was really interesting about Batman. He doesn't show, like, any discretion. And that's one thing I'm really interested about to see with Designer. Because I'm ready to know about, like, his backstory, what what he's done before. 
Because we know he's an established villain in Gotham from Catwoman's comments. Because she said every baddie's made a deal with him already. And that's insane because he's not on Batman's radar. He's not in the system. Like, Batman has no clue who he is. And Catwoman's like, honey, he's he's a villain villain, you know? And it's I'm interested to see, like, what's going on with that. I know I'm kind of switching gear. I mean, I'm staying on this issue and specifically talking about this issue, but it's not the story. It's the cover. One of my favorite things about this is how you were saying, like, you know, this story has, like, all the baddies in it or all the baddies have already synced up with designer and made a deal with him. I love, well, I should say we love because Dad and I talk about this regularly, is I love the term rogues gallery. That just is used to describe any hero's basically hall of bad guys Yeah, is their rogues gallery and I just love how on the front cover it says rogues gallery followed by an ellipsis the dot 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 and then at the bottom it says united question mark exclamation point like they're surprised and so if they really do all end up teaming up against the bat I don't think they're going to team up against the bat well see I've already seen the cover for uh, issue 92 and they're all surrounding Batman in like a huge room. And Punchline is there in the flesh on the cover. Like she's going to supposedly issue 92 is going to be the first issue that has Punchline like full, like the full type of appearance you want. Like she's going to be in the action and like doing stuff. Yeah. Well, the whole reason I said that was just because they did help well, Catwoman and Harley kind of help Batman a little bit in this one. So that's all I'm saying. Mm, they might not, you know? Right. I mean, they could be the exception, mm-hmm. you know, because Batman's already helped Penguin in this one, too. Hmm. Uh, you know, first page was Penguin stabbed, and Batman's the one that took him to the hospital. Well, Batman does what's right, even if it's not for the right people. I don't know. Penguin, like, Peng- I feel like he would be like, save Penguin, stop the bad guy, you know? Oh yeah, if it was if it was an ultimatum of a, basically the same type thing that Green Goblin did in the OG Peter Parker uh, or I said Peter Parker, obviously it's Peter Parker that's always Spider-Man. But what Green Goblin did in the OG like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where he had the children on the little bus and he had Mary yeah. Jane's like what you going to do? Leap and just like let him go. And I mean I feel like if Batman was thrown with an ultimatum like that, yeah, you're right. He would go protect anybody. He'd be like, all right, Penguin's a bad guy anyway. Like, bye. And also, the designer has Riddler Mm. in this, remember? Yeah. And Riddler's, like, giving Batman hints behind his back on the recording. I think that's neat, how they have, like, Batman trying to decipher Riddler stuff. Yeah. that's so neat. That was, I've always appreciated Riddler because I thought that just since the beginning of my knowledge of Riddler, I thought that was an interesting concept for a villain. Somebody who throws you basically a puzzle and expects you to figure it out. And if you figure it out, great, you beat me. But if you can't basically figure out my algorithm or whatever, then your doom ensues. Yeah, I mean, he's that's neat. And I feel like he's really like the perfect villain for someone like Batman. Because Batman's always like trying to one-up you, trying to just be smarter than you. Batman does, he is stronger and faster. Big brain. But he just really enjoys being smarter than you at the end of the day. Yeah. And I feel like Riddler's like the perfect villain for that. I agree. I'm ready to slap a rating if you are. I'm going to have to give it a four just because we're introducing a whole new villain. You got Harley, and we all know how I feel about some Harley action. I love Harley. I'm not sub to her. But when there's a good Harley book out, I got to read it. 
like basically uh, the latter one, um, issue seventy that we covered on this yeah. podcast last week or week before, week before, before. last. And then 71 and 72, when those come out, those are Booster Gold appearances, too. So so I know you'll be reading those. Expect those on the list. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I so while you're a four, I'm going to come in at a three. because Or, you know, I'm going to be right in the middle. I'm going to do a two and a half because I can't. I'm going to stay neutral with it because I haven't yet bought. While I have bought into Designer and his coolness factor, I haven't yet bought into Punchline. And I... As I said earlier, it's just so hard to go off of the spec. And what I yeah. mean by the spec is, you know, all everybody's just throwing their money at this issue and, you know, again, we're getting we're supposedly getting snow in the area, but as you all have probably been able to hear this entire podcast, we've got rain just pouring down and it, it it's not getting cold enough where this is going to be snow. So, I'm as I'm not buying into the weather predictions, I'm not buying into Punchline being a long-lived, you know, loved character. You know, th- I think this is momentary in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that ends our top five. And so we're going to move into some news slash speculation. Yeah, I got a little bit of speculation and news here. I got something you might think is interesting. What up? So... Red Hulk is being rumored. I would love Red Hulk. For Thunderbolts in the MCU. Because Thunderbolt Ross was recently on a team has the Red Hulk. And this is something that you will like a lot. Because did you read the comics where he was on the team? Yeah. So you know who I was on the team? No, not everybody. Oh, well, the team that features Red Hulk has Thunderbolt Ross is, of course, Red Hulk, Deadpool, Punisher, Ghost Rider, Electra and Venom. God. The only issue I'm seeing with this lineup is Venom. That sounds kick ass. Being a Sony a property right now. Yeah. But I mean, they could always do a deal like Hulk, where he can appear in a team. Right. You know. Yeah. And but I mean, I think that's interesting because you know they have already gone on record saying Red Hulk's gonna be a thing. What, like a movie thing? Yeah. Or, or a show in the MCU. Yeah. Like Red Hulk's gonna be someone in the MCU. They just don't, they haven't decided when or who or how. How, and so that's rumored right now, because Daniel Reitman went on record yesterday saying that you know, Red Hulk is going to be there. It's just unknown when he will appear, but he is in an upcoming project, as well. And Thunderbolts is something that's been rumored for a while now, or has been known to be a thing for a while now. So I thought you might like to know about that some. Yeah, that's interesting. I think Red Hulk would fit perfectly, you know, being on some sort of alternative team like Thunderbolts. Yeah, and this is something that was just talked about. I got some reports from a day ago. I got one from nine hours ago. Boy. This is something you'll like. What is Or that you'll want to know about because it features Moon Knight. And Daniel Radcliffe went on record saying he's not Moon Knight. Good. Let's go. That is a victory (laughs) in my eyes. Because he said that the next, that he wouldn't mind being in another franchise like that. Because, you know, Moon Knight's going to keep appearing and appearing and appearing. Yeah, once you start in the MCU, you're almost. You're signing away like your movie career, basically. Yep. For like the next six years. Like, that's all you're going to work on. And so he said the next franchise he wants to be in, he wants it to be something that he feels 
he can love to do every day. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't feel that way about Moon Knight. That's the way anybody should go about doing anything. If you don't love what you do, don't do it. Yeah. And so that's two of my speculations. There's something I wanted to ask you about because you asked me about it earlier this week, though. What's up? Uh, you said something about Rogue? Yeah, so apparently Rogue's been reported to appear in Captain Marvel 2 mm. when that movie comes out. So, like, all the books that Rogue has, you know, some sort of big relevance in, like, mm-hmm. for instance, the copy at home that you have, the X-Men 171, yep. that's, like, Rogue joining the X-Men. That book right now is being specced on in, in a high condition. is like See, $30, $35. You did I call it. that, like, episode two? Yeah. Not only, two of them. Not only that, but Jacob has a special 171 that has a Chris Claremont signature yep. on the front page under the description on all the publication details and all of that. So as soon as you open the front cover, it's right there at the bottom. And I'm telling my boy we need to send that off to CBCS and have them verify that and slab it. That'd be too sticky. That's got to be the slab one. I mean, if you don't want to slab that one, you definitely need to throw in the regular 171. Well, obviously, I I think CBCS would be the right way to go with that Claremont signature in there. Even though, you know, we prefer CGC, but CBCS has their place. Yeah, because I, I, <laughs> no one was there to witness the Claremont signature, so it'd have to be CBCS. Yeah, it was crazy. When we found it, we were sitting in your, uh, in your trailer, and you were just looking at it on your phone like, am I about to get punked? Because, like, I remember you looked at it, and you were like, it says it's signed, but where? Because, yeah. like, you were looking on the front cover, and we were just like, I couldn't, when you showed me the picture, I couldn't find it, and then it got, I mean, he was selling it for so cheap, like, what'd you get it for, like, all the way around with shipping and everything, like, like, 12 bucks? Yeah, it was like $12 all the way for uh, that one, and my other one was like 8 Yeah, exactly, so we were like, okay, you know, you're getting a regular copy for $8, wow, this one right here is signed, I mean, even if you did get punked, like, what's $4, yeah. like, and having two of the same thing, and now it all paid off, even if it wasn't, you know, that one was false and it wasn't signed i, I mean now it. now i bought it for magic yeah because it's her first cameo has like a teenager i thought it was the soul sword oh, it is the sword it is the sword the sword um yeah so a lot of books i mean her first appearance and i think is the x-men annual like number six i believe it's got a really cool looking cover where it's got almost panels on the front cover but th- her first appearance i think is going for like one 40 150 something like that i believe um so pretty highly sought after i want to look at this exact i think it was just on top 20 yes sir uncanny 171 was rogue joins the x-men uh avengers annual never mind that was my bad it's Avengers Annual number 10, and it's going for a high of $85, but that is the first appearance of Rogue. So that's interesting. i definitely say, you know, that would that might be a good book to get here in the shop, you know, speculating on that whole yeah. Captain Marvel 2 action. Yeah. Boy, that's um, That's crazy. I've got another... I have a piece of spec that I'd like to bring up that you actually sent to me. So technically, this is your spec. Yeah, I sent it to you. I was trying to find it, but I couldn't. Well, I saved them all. In our okay. in our chat, so I've got Marvel reportedly confirms the Eternals will resurrect another Avengers Endgame star. Yeah, boy, what does that mean? 
Does that mean we're going to get Iron Man back and Robert Downey Jr. is going to come back? I don't no. think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's done. Yeah. but he's, He served his purpose. But a, a lot of people are leaning towards thinking that it might be Thanos. I think that would be garbage. That would be trash. I would be so upset with that because, you know, that was the giant hurdle that our character, our, our heroes had to overcome in yeah. two movies. You dedicated two movies to us trying to figure out how to beat Thanos. But with the Eternals, you know, having such a close relation to the Deviants and with Thanos being part Deviant or having Deviant DNA, a lot of people are speculating that that's probably the character that's going to get brought back. Thanos' parents were Eternals as well. Yeah. So... With the slight, you know, deviant or the deviation, you know, him carrying the deviant gene, that explains his physical appearance. But still, I mean, like you said, that would suck to have him come back. And I really hope that's not true. I don't think it is. I think, I just don't see that happening, you know, with Thanos because he was such a big character. Maybe if, you know, if they are going to do Eternals, if they do, he might come back as, like... Oh, they're definitely doing Eternals. Eternals well, yeah. is slated for, like, November release. Well, if they do, you know, if they do do something like that in Eternals, it would probably be, like, a flashback. I don't think he, if he did come back, it would be as a villain villain. Right. Like, I think they might have a flashback of, like, the Deviants first coming to Earth or something, and he might be there or something like that. But I, I don't, I'm not taking it as, oh, Thanos is coming back for round two. Yeah. Or, you know, like we said, at least we hope not. Yeah. Jeez. Like, I could see him just being there, or maybe it's... What if it's Thanos has a child, since his parents were deviant? Then I'm going to call up Cosmic Ghost Rider and be like, listen, you had your first chance to slay this baby. Now that it's a child, do you feel a little (laughs) bit less bad about killing it? Please kill it. I need my boy Frank Castle Cosmic Ghost Rider action to pop up. So, I think I've got one last piece of spec for us to talk about. So, what about Scarlet Witch to find new love in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? What are they doing? First, they're making a show where she's having kids with vision. Now, she's finding new love. They're all supposed to be in the same universe. Yeah, it says that WandaVision will mirror the House of M comic book storyline. The show will presumably take on an I Love Lucy meets Avengers saga vibe as Wanda fractures reality, bringing Vision back to life in a futile attempt to restore love and harmony into her existence. Considering the fallouts of Infinity War and Endgame have presumably left the character scarred, her power will come to supplant her weakened emotional state Restoring Vision's life and tinkering with the balance of space and time in the process. Then Doctor Strange will come in to clean up her mess and awaken Wanda in full Scarlet Witch state from her delusion. And considering Vision will likely be laid to rest, Wanda may find love or find her vulnerable, find herself vulnerable and open to a new love, a rebound. And what's crazy is they say that I read. The most recent, I think it was, if I remember correctly, Savage of... No! Yeah, it was Savage Avengers. Savage Avengers, I think I saw Doctor Strange and Wanda, like, make out. Or, like, at least have a kit, share a kiss. I don't think that's going to be a thing. I hope not. I hope not, too. I think there's plenty of other sorcerers. Yeah. You know, if she is going to get a sorcerer love, I think there's plenty of more options besides 
just Wolverine. You just want her to go love Doom. Maybe. Someone's <laughs> got to take Morgan Le Fay's spot. I'm plenty okay with that because screw that witch. Doom would take over the world with either one of them. Yeah, probably so. It's too much power. Especially Scarlet Witch's corruption magic or yeah. like dark magic. You know, he just hit him with a sling ring. I'm joking, he ain't got one of those. <laughs> but he does Imagine have if he did, though. World dooms. Like. <laughs> world, no pun intended, doomed. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we've got for spec news and our top five this week. Thanks for listening with us again, and peace out.